So I, uh, I reversed a decision that I'd made recently, Dennis. Well, I made the decision a long time ago and I reversed it recently. The, the reversal was the recent part, okay. The v- reversal was the recent one. So I'm a big fan of the, the Discworld series by Terry Pratchett. I don't know if you've ever read any of these books. Uh, no, I, um, I like to hold on to my lunch money, mostly. Okay, no, mate. Listen, they're very okay. They're very they're good books. Bro. I have tried. Because I found I found I found the fiction a little bit no joke. I found it a little too dense and like too like I was like okay because it, 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 it's very Douglas Adams to me and I like Douglas it, Adams a decent amount. That's what and I was going to say. Didn't, yeah. Just didn't have room for a second one in my brain. I think. Did you start with the color of magic or right, sorcery? It was a long time ago, but I believe I did. Yeah, see, they're terrible. They're really bad. <laughs> like, I think even Patrick himself admitted they're not they're not his best efforts. The opening books in the series are quite bad. You should start with something like Going Postal or Pyramids. I know, or I know. I started with Going or... Postal. Oh well, in that case, I don't know what to tell you. Go, going Postal is the classic. <laughs> if you don't like this, you're not going to like Discworld. So, yep. Then I don't think I'm going to like Discworld. So, Discworld. For those of you who don't know, it is it is a Douglas Adams like series. It's sort of like it, imagine if Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy instead of being like a sort of a piss take of sci fi, it was a, a piss take about fantasy swords writing. and sandals fantasy yeah yeah exactly and that's uh and that's what was, uh swords and sandals swords and sorcery maybe people call sword, swords and sandals yeah that's swords and sandals is it. like ancient greece like ancient, ancient greek yeah okay yeah, yeah i guess it's more lord of the rings it's lord of the rings it's or, yeah, actually it's more D D, honestly yes it is it's it's in that sort of space and it's all very sort of tongue-in-cheek and silly and 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 there are 41 of these books that pratchett wrote right before he died in 2014 uh 2015 i think rip taken from us too soon terry pratchett gnu um anyway um i decided because i've i've had i've got all the books on my ebook reader because after living overseas for so long, I didn't want to buy any books when I lived overseas. I was like, well, these are just- You want me lugging them around, yeah. They are, books are more or less the worst possible thing you can buy when you're living overseas because they're heavy. You don't use them that much. <laughs> uh, and they're just going to fill up your suitcase with all sorts of weight. Yeah, they're, is- they're heavy, they're large, and they're broadly speaking single use. <laughs> yes, exactly. So I was like, when I get back to Australia, I'm going to buy the complete works, right? Of Discord, I'm going I'm to buy this, and they've got this beautiful hardbound special edition collector. It's 118 printing. yards long. <laughs> it's very big, and it's also very expensive. It's like over a thousand dollars, right? Whoa! And I was like, you know what? I'm as a little treat. I'm going to get it for myself as a little treat, and then I looked up shipping, and shipping was like another three hundred dollars. I'm like, it's fine. I'm, sure I'm just going to get this. It's don't don't worry about it. I'm going to get it. And look, Dennis, if you're looking at it right now, they're beautiful books, right? Special printing, beautiful. I'll take it a look. I'll take a look now. Dennis, what do you think won out? What do you think won out? My, my, uh, I'm I'm trying to find a diplomatic way to describe this. My carefulness with money or my love of frugality. Yeah. (laughs) My frugality or your frugality one. Easy. Because you did not open this call today by saying, Ooh, I got these $1,300 books. (laughs) You got to check them out. Please. I have to justify my decision, Dennis. Please look at the pictures of the books. Uh, so my sister was up in uh, Castlemaine. She lives down in Melbourne. So I'm staying with my mum up in Castlemaine at the time being. And uh, and oh. my sister came up. <clears throat> so she grew up in this uh, in this small town. I was like, oh, Mill, are there any secondhand books, bookshops in town? She's like, oh, yeah, I know a couple. So so we got in my car and we drove off. Megan came along as well. Because I decided instead of buying this, um, you know, big expensive collection of books, I was like, do you know what I'll do? I'll turn it into a side quest. And I will hunt down secondhand copies of the books in various, and it'd be fun, like to go down, make a list, organize it all, and say like, oh, I still need this one. I, I'm going to look now, in there, do you, try to do find that. Do you care about them all being the special edition, or you just want a copy of Going Postal, a copy of Color Magic, whatever? I just want. I mean, I want them. To, so the first, I think, twenty 
25, 20-something books were illustrated by um, Josh Kirby, and then he mm-hmm. died, poor bloke. Um, and then the second half of them were illustrated by Paul Kidby. So halfway through, there's definitely a, a change in the way, like in the in the way that they look, right, and the, just the covers sure. and whatever else. But I, I want them as, as consistent as possible. But I'm thinking it'll just be fun to track down all 41 of these books instead of buying them all in one go and having that. So, you know, it'd be a, a cool thing to do in towns I visit or anywhere I go, secondhand book going, yeah, of going course. hunt for them, right? So we went to the main secondhand bookshop. They didn't have any. Went to another one. It's like more of an op shop, like a charity shop. They didn't have any either. And then we were driving past, uh, we're driving back home. I was like, ah, oh, whatever. It was fun, you know, spend a bit of time with my sister and whatever else. But then we were driving past this other one, this fancy, like old and rare bookshop, right? Ooh. And she's like, oh, they won't have anything. That guy, like he's, you know, it's quite snobby. He's, he's selling like. You're going to get a first edition Ulysses here. <laughs> yeah, he's selling like. The ancient, like, leather-bound tomes. You know, the place smells like an expensive library. Mm. So she was like, no, no, don't bother. I'm like, oh, we'll go and have a look. Maybe they've got something cool. We went in, right, and they had eight Discworld books, except hey. hardcover. And all of them were between 35 and $50. And I was like, oh, I mean, come on. That's, I, I, mean, I, don't like well hardcover. I don't like hardcover books yeah, at all. I don't like hardcover books, right? Anyway, the guy, he sees me looking through these books and he's like, oh, you're a Pratchett fan. I'm like, oh, I'm actually trying to, I told him I'm trying to build a collection. So, oh, he's like, oh, I think I've got most of them. What? Just in paperback in the warehouse. And I was like, so much for the side quest. <laughs> <laughs> you got, you got, what, what, what was the name of this bookstore, Riley? Game Shark. Uh, so he, he took my number, uh-huh. messaged me a couple of days later with a picture of this big banana box filled with Discworld books. And he had so many of them. So uh, just the other day, I, I drove down to the bookshop. I picked through his collection, and I now have about half of them right already. Because there were some that were some that were just busted up, and I was like, oh. I mean, I like the secondhand thing, but I don't like it when like pages are falling out. Um, some of the wrong editions, others, whatever. So I was just like, you know what? I don't want to. I don't want to go too metal. So I just got. I, I picked them all out and brought them home. And then yesterday, uh, I went into town uh, with Megan. Went to Bendigo, which is a bit of a, a bigger town to the north. And again, did the whole thing, went to like the second-hand bookshops. And it was, I, can I tell you, it was such a joy in the second bookshop, poking through all the things, general fiction, sci-fi, fantasy, and seeing one of these books that I didn't have on the shelf, right? That's So cool, now I've got like yeah. 21 of them. And it just felt great. And I'm really glad that I didn't just buy them all in one go, right? My, my you know, my hip pocket's thanking me as well, because these books paperback are like five, ten dollars Yeah. <laughs> um, but I've got this little side quest now, Dennis, where I'm going to go and track down second-hand copies of all the Discworld books. Like in little second bookshops around Australia, that is very sweet. I like that. That's a that's a, just a nice little thing. You could you could write your own book at the end of that little journey. Yeah. If it sounds like it's probably by Danny Wallace, and I um, did make a spreadsheet. I've got them all listed out. Was, the editions and it, everything. Is it even one- fun without a spreadsheet? <laughs> that's the thing. That was my. <laughs> When I walked out of the, when I walked out of the bookshop with this box full of like twenty Discworld books, Megan's like, "Oh, it's so nice to see a smile on your face." You, which one are you going to read first? I'm like, "I'm going to go home and make a spreadsheet of which ones I still need." That's what was giving me such joy, putting this big smile on my face. So I did enjoy it. Anyway, you a big reader? Do you have a big collection of books? Uh, no, I used to. I used to read a ton when I was a kid. I remember. Mm-hmm. Did you have a? Do you ever have a readathon in? Yeah, in Australia, yeah, yeah. I, think I went mental on the read. I was. I always had to win the readathon in my class. Yeah. So we had in Ireland. There was it was like a countrywide sponsored thing. Yeah, yeah. It was for and I think it was leuke- for leukemia. I think in Australia. Yeah. Well, the, no, MS multiple multiple sclerosis. It is for MS. Yes, it was yeah. the, the MS readathon. That's right. Yep. And you would win prizes. Yes. Uh, based on the num- the number of books you read. 
Mm. So and and the, remember, the prizes were usually book vouchers. They, that's how they keep. That's they 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 just get you hooked. Yeah. It's a, so what I would do, and the way it worked here was, um, and for those of you who didn't have readathon at home, is you get a little form and you would go mm. door to door in your neighborhood and you're like, "Hello, would you like to sponsor me for the readathon?" Right. Mm. And what happened is your neighbor's parents would be like, "Oh yeah, I'll give Dennis two euro for every book he reads or whatever." In the, over the course of a month, basically, I think it was. Oh my goodness, two euros per book. Well, Riley. You had some rich. You were living. I didn't realize you were living in a bloody such a rich moneybags neighborhood. You've been to my parents. I. It's not a nice house. Yeah, once once they that. let me past the gate, once the doorman at the gate let me in after I had to polish my shoes and find a blazer and a collared uh, a collared shirt. Yeah, exactly. It was hard to get to your parents' house. <laughs> it's not a very nice neighborhood. So I figured out Riley. <laughs> yeah, none of that is true. Dennis's Dennis's parents live in a in a very. Uh, yes, it's a nice, quiet little bit of suburbia. Anyway, go on. Yeah. Uh, I was, for reference, I think I was seven at the time. Mm-hmm. So not reading, a you know, not a very fast reader. Or so you might think. Mm. And I figured out pretty quickly that they didn't care what the books were. You don't need to be busting out Tolstoy here. Oh, there and was a kid. There was, and I'm not going to name because you know how I love to dox people. That you I went do to love to name Dennis. full first and last names. I'm not going to name who did this, but there was one kid in my primary school, I think, who figured out exactly what you did, and it infuriated me. Go on. So I didn't go. I didn't go too far. I wasn't here reading picture books, right? But I did read. I don't know if these are familiar to you. I did read a bunch of Darren Shan books. Are you familiar with Darren Shan? I've not heard of Darren Shan. No. Darren Shan is a famous. He's actually an Irish writer. Um, he wrote a bunch of stories about like they're like kids horror fiction about like vampires and stuff like that for like like kind of, kind of like young, yeah, yeah, a little older than that. It's more, it's like a half step below like Hunger Games and Twilight. Okay, yep. Like they're quite gory and like quite, you know, they're relatively scary. Um, but Riley, they're like a hundred pages each, hundred thirty pages maybe. Oh, that's a lot longer than what <clears throat> this person did at my yeah. Okay. In that's any case, uh, well, I read fourteen of them. <laughs> yeah. in one month and I remember going around to like Darren and she, you, met, you met Darren at my wedding going around and being mm-hmm. like oh hi Mr. Dren that'll be 30 euro please and she was like what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> he absolutely got him and then I got myself a nice inflatable armchair from the reason oh. baby got past because like you said book vouchers they're, they're for the they're, they're the loser tiers I was up in the top tiers no the I top tier the was second- like the top tier was like a $50 book voucher or something. No, me. here it was like a PlayStation. <laughs> what? You are ju- pl- Oh my god. No, well, we didn't yeah, have the same. Yeah, these were serious. I these were serious business. Yeah, I got the the den sponsored inflatable chair. Well, uh, what, did you, what, did was- you, what did your what did your what did your what did your friend read? Um so, well, okay, he wasn't quite reading like Hop on Pop, right? He wasn't reading like Cat in the Hat. <laughs> But in Australia, there were these there were these a series of books by by kids authors called Aussie Bites, right? And then there were also a, a sort of as a supplementary that Aussie Nibbles, and these were books. They were quite cool. They were books that like they just had a little sort of small self contained story. They're about fifty pages long. But their Frank and the was, Emergency Joke, Snap, Fort Island, Jalisa the Emu. What the hell are these things? One of the well, you'll you'll notice if you're looking at pictures of them, the gimmick was one of the corners of the book has been bitten off. Chomped right? off, yeah, yeah. They've been so the the imagine I think a cartoon I've seen where, these books. Yeah, imagine a cartoon series where like a character takes a bite of like a sandwich or something, and they leave a perfect like teeth mark impression on the thing. That's what these books look like. And Aussie yeah, nibbles. That looks like to me. Really is a. Wait, hang on, what are, go ahead. Sorry, what are Aussie nibbles? Aussie, we'll look up what an Aussie nibble is. It's an even smaller book than an Aussie bite, and it has a nibble taken off the top of it. Just a little. 
not a full bite, but just a little yeah. nibble. And this person read through every single Aussie nibble in the school um, library and put them all down as individual books. And while I'm reading 40 books or whatever. Yeah, while I'm reading, you know, high literature, Dick King Smith, Emily Rodder, you know, I'm reading these books that have a bit of substance and weight to them. And he's there nah. getting through Aussie nibbles. I was fuming. I was spewing, right? Um, but I won. Obviously, I won because like, I just yeah. was a huge nerd and loved reading and I just wouldn't stop until, you know. Because but, but, can I tell you an experience that I had, interestingly, with, with the neighbor next door? Mm-hmm. I went and knocked on the door and I asked them to, you know, make a, to sponsor me for the thing. And most people, like, I don't know where you're getting two euros from. I got sponsorship for like 20 cents, 50 cents, right, per book. So at the end of the day, you know, read three or four books. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I would, I was reading like 40, right? But the next door neighbors, Karen and what was his name? Karen and Ian? I can't remember his name. It doesn't matter. It's not relevant at all what his name was. Dennis, they put down $5. $5, right? So I read 40 books. I go back there and I'm reading like $80, please. And they're like, what are you talking about? We sponsored you for $5. I'm like, yeah, $5 per book. And they're like, no. Here's $5. <laughs> I'm not giving you get anything off, else. Get, get off my porch. But every single time I finished a book and put it on the finished pile, I was like, another $5 from Karen next door. But no, didn't pay up. Didn't give me the five. Only gave me five. I, I thought I was going to walk in there. Like I thought it was going to be the cock of the walk. Walking in and just, you know, because $80 when you're 10 years old is, might, might as well be a million, right? I thought I was going to walk in with so much money but that's not what happened also is 40 times 580 yeah it is right okay sure i just wasn't sure i wasn't 100 you know i used to be a primary school teacher basic basic multiplication dennis i'm just you know i'm all, I'm, all, I'm all over it i'm absolutely all over Riley, it. 40 times 5 is 200 that's what i was worried about i thought i might have stuffed it up i took a bit of a stab in the dark with 80 and then i was like I'm gonna be honest you, what, happened here, what, happened, what happened i'm gonna love with you i'm really tired Riley. but yeah you said 40 by times 5 80 and i was like and in my head I, I literally in my head i was like but 40 times 10 is 100 is, is 400 and so i was like so 40 times 5 should be 200 and i was like 200 dennis yeah. you're re- i was like dennis you're really tired i just oh assume Riley's goodness. 80 is fine and let him go no I should have said something. That's two hundred dollars, yeah, dude. Yeah, I expected a lot of. I expected a lot more money than I was gonna. And then they just gave me a five dollar note, and that was it. I was left. You know, that would have ruined your projections. Disapp- oh yeah, <laughs> my quarterly projections, Dennis, were way off. No, no, you go, you go, you come home, the graph, you, you flip it over, you're like, nah, I'm ruined. Yeah, exactly. Throw my hat down, and uh, oh, that no, was terrible. Um, but I've, I mean, I've always loved reading. I've, uh, I've always been a. I've always been a good As I get older, I start, I feel my appetite for fiction has almost entirely disappeared. It's just a matter of finding. But like, like I'm in a book club and we like, and like we're, we're, we're picking, um, like we're currently, uh, interesting, we're actually currently reading Dirk Gently's Holistic Detective Agency. How are you finding it? Uh, fine. Yeah. I, I, I don't know why. I love Terry Pratchett. I'm only medium on Douglas Adams. It's interesting that we're the inverse of each other. I, I used to love uh, Hitchhikers and stuff. Yeah. But I bet if I went back to read it now, I wouldn't like it as much. It's yeah, very, yeah. it's very classic nerdy, smart kid, teenager boy. Fiction. It is, yes, yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, no, I don't know. I've, I've always, I've always really enjoyed reading. But one of the skills that I think you need to learn as an as an adult reader is just giving up on a book that's no good. Because a lot of people will be like, oh, I haven't, fin- I can't start a new book. I haven't finished. Da da da. So you, put, yeah, you, there's, there's been some book club books that I've just been like, I am not doing this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I think like just being honest with yourself and being like. 
I'm not enjoying this. I'm going to stop. I'm an adult. I don't have to finish it. It's fine, right? Because a lot of people will use an unread book on their nightstand as an excuse not to read something else. Because like, oh, I can't read a different book because you're, I haven't finished this one. Are you one, reading so. a book? Yes, it's this one. But you haven't touched it in two months. Exactly, yeah. So so that would be, if you want to get into reading, I've got two tips for you. One, just stop trying to force yourself to read stuff that sucks or that you don't like. Mm-hmm. Even if everyone's like, oh, it's so good. You just have to, if you're not enjoying it, just give up on it. Because you can always come back to it is the other thing, right? Just start a different book and and see if you like it or not. The second thing is buy an ebook reader. Absolute game changer, Dennis. Absolute I'm all, game changer. I'm all, I'm all audiobooks now, man. Audiobooks are also great, but like if you want to read, an ebook reader is a is a total game changer because it, it means it's like, oh, I've got ten minutes. Oh, I'll just get up my phone and scroll through social media or whatever. Instead, you get out your ebook reader and you read for ten minutes, right? Waiting for the um, bus, waiting for the train, doctor surgery, whatever, right? You just you know you, you pull out your ebook reader instead and read that. So I very uh, very uh, highly recommend the Kobo series uh, rather than getting a Kindle. Uh, Kindle with Amazon's DRM is just it's garbage. I wouldn't go anywhere near the Kindle system. Uh, the Kobo system wow, is okay. great. You can get virtually any book on their library. Uh, they're really cheap. They have sales all the time as well. Um, and you actually own the copy, like the copy that is given to you. It's usually in an EPUB format, which you can read and then you can transfer and read it on your computer if you want to. Um, it's great. I, I very, Do you really own it, though, Riley, if it's not stored in the blockchain? Do you really That's true, it? Dennis. I haven't <laughs> quite gotten into book NFTs yet. I am hoping hoping to make an entrance into that space soon because then you know you truly own. Because you don't. Well, that's just why you're getting the, those vintage um, Discworld books, right? I'm just going to gonna NFT them all. NFT those bad boys. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to I'm going to burn them and NFT them all, and then I'm going to make a million dollars selling all of them. Uh, because you know when you own an NFT of a book, you own the intellectual property behind it as well. That's what everyone. I mean, everyone. Knows yeah, that. you can make a TV series or a Netflix special about it, right? Yeah, exactly. That's uh, that's how that's how copyright law. The works two for books sure. for the book club, Riley, that I recently uh, got some ways into and was like, I'm not doing this. Mm. Were eleven twenty two sixty three. Never heard of that. It's a Stephen King novel. Okay, I've never read, never read Stephen King. I quite like Stephen King actually. I should try again. Um, eleven twenty two sixty three, Riley. I'm going to just go to mm. Wikipedia. Look at the page count. Yeah, there it is. Eight hundred and fifty pages. Okay, uh, a, a moderate read then. Yes, that's a tome. <laughs> and a tome. I, I got I got eighty pages in or whatever, and I wasn't hooked. And I was like, mm, not doing ten more of these. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Leave, that, leave that one alone. Good. And the other book was Homo Deus: A Brief History of Tomorrow. Mm, okay. I, don't, I mean, based on that title, I mean, they say you shouldn't judge a book by its cover, but judging the book by that title, I probably wouldn't be interested in it. It is a, it's a book written by Israeli author, uh, Yuval Noah Harari, and it, I'm going to read you the summary here. Recounts the course of history while describing events and the individual human experience, along with ethical issues in relation to his historical survey. I mean, it sounds I interesting, but not the sort no, of thing that I'd want it to, was like... Just, terrible. Okay. I... Hated it. He talks about like um, a couple of things happened in the past, and I'm when I say in the past, I mean like Mesopotamia and like when Hammurabi first wrote the first laws. Like it's yes, like real, yeah. like like ancient history, or like like bordering on prehistory in some cases. Mm-hmm. And then t- tries to relate them to like humanism, individualism, and transhumanism and morality, and like tries to predict what the future is going to look like based on that. It's a bunch of. I'm sure a lot of people really like this book. It's a very popular book. I'm sure it's well respected in the community. I thought it was a bunch of wank, and I wouldn't recommend it. Mm. <laughs> That's my hot take for you, Dennis's brief book club reviews. Don't eleven twenty two sixty three. I'm sure it was pretty good. I just I just couldn't stomach how long it was, and I usually like yep. Stephen King. But Homo Deus gets two thumbs no down. Well, wow. going by uh, going by gets go, a DNF go man. A DN- oh, did not finish. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Did not finish. The worst rating you could possibly give in a book club. Well, instead, go and get 
Terry Pratchett's Going Postal and enjoy enjoy opening up a portal into another world. Is Going Postal one of world. the books you have already acquired? Uh, yes, yes, it was one of the But my favourite of all of them is The Truth. That's definitely my favourite. And I bought that one in hardback, that special edition of it, and I thought I'll, I'll treat myself and I'll get that. And I'm, mm. I'm, I'm reading it again now. It's the first time I've ever read a, a Discworld book in paper, but it is about the 15th time I've read this book. And I, I'm, I'm, I love it, man. It's so good. Got an audiobook as well. Anyway. So, right, um, a person came around to my door the other day. Okay. Um, much like one might at the beginning of Fallout 4. <laughs> vault tech calling. All right. Yep. Very close. They were not trying to sell me a vault. Um, mm. It was the person from the government for the census. Oh, sure. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Comes around once here every 10 years or so here in Ireland. Mm-hmm. And they came in to do the census. And there's an interesting thing that they've added to the census this year. Hang uh, on. Back it up. Sorry. Before we get into that, I have some general questions about the Irish census. Mm-hmm. Does the person from the government come and sit in your lounge room and ask you the questions and do it with you? No, they come and it's interesting. They come and they give you this big form. It's like a four-page yeah. big form. Yeah. And they talk you through it a little bit, right? Okay. And then they say, don't fill this out today. Yes, yeah, so you have to fill it out a certain time. Yeah, On yeah. the 23rd of March, right? and you account all the people that are in the house at the time and all yes. that stuff. Yes, exactly. And then yeah, that okay. same person comes back and picks it up that next day. You don't just post it? Do you not no. have a postal system in, the, in, in Ireland? No, it's gone. It has gone postal. Um, that was just a joke. Uh, no, I don't know why they do it like that. <laughs> no, that that was a minor witticism there. Yes, just please like enjoy a, 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 a minor jape. jape. Yes, a bit of a jest. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure why it is done so so hands on. <laughs> so did, the, did um, this person then go and like explain the same thing to everyone in your building individually, or did they just say, "All right, everyone into the lobby"? No, 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 everyone individually. What a job! What a job! Okay. Um, they're All from right. the they're from the Department of Statistics, I suppose. Right. So when have you got to fill it um, out? I don't know the dates on the front. Nikki's obsessed with this stuff, as you might imagine. It's way I, lo- I mean, I love this. So she works in town planning, so she'd be all over it. Yeah. So there's a new section in the in the census this time around, Riley. Okay. It is a time capsule. Oh, cool. Yeah. All right. Yeah. It's only in text. There's just a big, like the last page, basically half the last page is just a big white box. Yeah. And it says, write whatever you want here. We will not open it for 100 years. That's cool, dude. That's real. I, lo- I love that. I love that sort of stuff. That's really excellent. So I want to ask you, did you ever in your youth participate in or dig up a time capsule, even on we a smaller scale? No, we never dug one up, but we did do one. I remember uh, at school, we we made a time capsule and we all had to like, uh, yeah, do a drawing or something. It wasn't mm-hmm. anything particularly involved. We just like did a drawing and put it. I, I, you know what? I wouldn't even know where it's buried now. Um, or cool. I was going to say, you want to get out get out there and bust it open and see what it is next week? That, that'll, you'll get a couple of podcast topics out of that, I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> Everything's content. Let's see what Mary had to say. Mm, a shitty drawing of a dog. Um, but no, I don't. I don't actually have very strong memories. I think it was in two thousand and one, around the centenary of Federation, when Australia, as a nation or as a country, turned a um, hundred. But I, mm. I, um, I can't really remember it very well at all. We did. Yeah. Um, so the Irish school system here, in, when you're in, in high school, is broken up into mm. two cycles: the junior cycle and the senior cycle. Uh, one of which is the first three years, second is the third is the, is the last three years. But there's the, the your fourth year overall is called mm. your transition year and you don't really have any exams you don't really have any like subjects that you take seriously that year mm-hmm. um that year you take a bunch of elective stuff so you how old are you when you're doing this one 16 okay yep um so that's when you do drama that's when you try metalworking that's when you do music class and like for pe and transition year, you don't do football you go bowling you go you do archery all that kind of stuff sounds like a great time it's really good. Uh, and it is also skippable. If you want to, you can just go straight from third year into fifth year. 
Ah, I see. Okay, sure. So it's like, hey, uh, have a year off. <laughs> yeah. So every, <laughs> it's, it's, enjoy it. It's kind of a year to be a teenager and give you a little bit of space to find yourself. Like you can take Japanese think, lessons, for example, in transition. I think that's great. Right. Honestly, I think that's fantastic. It's really good. It was where I got into theater. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just a little bit of an opportunity for you to find yourself. I think there was 138 kids in my class in secondary school. I think two of them skipped straight to fifth year. So it's very, very common to do the whole thing. It depends. Yeah. Uh, the transition year. So like <laughs> the, the junior cycle and the senior cycle um, experiences are pretty standardized. Like you know, some schools won't have metalwork. Some schools won't have woodwork, whatever, that kind of stuff that mm. has like bespoke requirements. But broadly speaking, it's the same everywhere. Transition year really stuff, yeah. transition year really depends on the kind of school you go to, whether it's yeah, yeah, good yeah. or a waste of time. And our yeah, school is guess- actually pretty good. There, there are some schools where it's like, eh, uh, I'll, just, uh, I'll just power through. It's all right. I'll do the fun stuff later when I when I finish school. And part of a transition year uh, in the school I went to was you wrote a letter to yourself to open the day you graduate, which at the uh, time is only two and a half years later. But yeah. when you're 16, that's an eternity. Uh, I've, yeah, I, I don't want to be the guy who like upstages your story, but I just want to let you know while you're telling me about this that I've got something coming in the chamber that is going to blow you out of the water with this. But continue, I want because I want to hear the rest of the story. Well, but my, I just, I just want to, I just want to signpost it and be like, I'm not trying to be the guy that's like, oh, you ran a, you ran I a seven minute mile. I, I ran a mile in thirty seconds. But yeah, that's what's coming. So get ready for that. Go on. So Riley, mm. you ready for a tragedy? A brief tragedy? Oh no, a tragedy in one act. Tragedy in in a two and a half year act. So right when I was, was I think I just turned 16 when I wrote this letter to myself at the age, mm-hmm. of, to be open to the age of 18. And um, really, I just started dating a girl seriously for probably the first time in my life, I think. That was like yeah. a relationship longer than like a month. Mm. Uh, and I was like, hey, man, you know, I hope you're still with this girl, future Dennis, because you really like her. She's really cool. You know, you both like Muse, which, you know, Riley, you know how rare Muse fans are. Yeah, um, I mean... As as rare as they are, uh, easy to get along with, which is yeah, right. Like not not very. <laughs> I um and I was pretty I was pretty emotionally mature in the letter. I was like, look, things change. You're young. Who knows? You maybe haven't spoken to her in two years by the time you open this letter. Mm-hmm. But you know, I hope. And I, I and there was like you put it in a little envelope, and I, I she made me like a, like like a little friendship bracelet, and I put that in there, and I was like, you know, this will be an, either a nice memory to show her at the time, or like mm-hmm. a bittersweet thing come mm. a being 18 years old that shows like, a okay, good cool. amount of foresight yeah i definitely didn't have, like my my high school girlfriend i was like no we are destined to be together ride or die baby, written yeah. in the stars you know yeah and i opened it then after graduation and lo and behold riley we were still together <gasps> oh i didn't expect that you said it was a tragedy in two acts dude oh yeah come on. we were still together in june in june right when we graduated i was like oh we're still together this is great maybe we will spend you know like we we made it we're about to go to college you know like this is about to be you know oh, it's about to be the, the end rest of, of our lives oh no 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 and no then, no it's coming oh, and uh, i start college and uh, about a week into first term yep. she cheated on me we broke up <laughs> yep. yep 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 same thing happened to me dude my high school girlfriend cheated on me uh the week that we had finished exams is when I found out. No, I found out just after we got a, our results. Sorry, a, the week uh, in, in which so we it would have been. Our, in, in your case, it basically would have been in the letter that I opened yeah. if if I were to buy the rights to your life as a teen movie and combine uh, it with some aspects of mine. It dude. would be in the letter. And 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 how's the heartbreak now? 10, 10 or twelve years on, you okay? How, how yeah. you doing, man? You, you all right? It's rough, hey. 
I wish I could say it gets easier every day and I will because it does and I don't care and I'm married to not even the girl that I met after that but the girl I met after the girl I met after that so we're good we're fine good on you man I mean I know it's tough to put on a brave face and I know you've done other you know little bits and pieces like gotten married and stuff and bought a house with Nikki and whatever else yeah if I I, and there was a lot of crying and I'm sure it's really good you've tried to move on Riley you I had a story and I believe it's about to get airborne that comes splash back down as you blow it out of the water go ahead are you ready for this so i was sorry many years ago i was i don't know what i was doing i was mucking around online <clears throat> and i saw an ad and it was an ad for a canadian aircraft company called WestJet. now i imagine you probably didn't think that this was in any way going to be able to possibly follow up your story about uh, now i'm starting to, to think that you weren't listening to me so, we'll so the great thing goes. about WestJet is <laughs> No, so they they did this weird like they, they would, I think it was a se- I never watched any of the other ads, but I think there was a series of ads that they did f- focusing on just like everyday normal Canadians who they were trying to build up as heroes, right? And one of them was a high school teacher, a high school English teacher, okay. and for one of the assignments, he made kids write a letter to themselves, right? Which is a very common sure. thing to do. Except he didn't give them back to them at the end of the year or even the end when they graduated. He held on to them, Dennis, for twenty years. Whoa! And he's, and so he's now I'm on pace to. So in that case, I will be receiving De- Dennis's letter only eight years from now. Exactly right. So Yeesh. he. So the this this ad, which was kind of more of a mini documentary, it went through his house and he showed them how he had them all stored and that sort of stuff by year because he had like you know hundreds of these letters across his teaching career. He did it for years and years. Riley, I'm a marketing professional. I teach marketing at a digital marketing course in a very prestigious business school in Ireland. Mm. What does this have to do with WestJet? Yeah. At the end, it was just like WestJet. The best uh, way to get we, around Canada or something. I, I gave a lecture about this, actually. It's, 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 it's called Divorce from Purpose Content Marketing. Cadbury's did it with their gorilla ad. Anyway, go ahead. Well, we're talking about WestJet now. So if there are any Canadians listening who are looking for the best That's way to true. fly around, apparently WestJet is an airline. It's an option to you. Anyway. But they talked to this guy and they also then went and interviewed some of the students who had got their 20-year letter, you know, from him that year, right? And it was, it was, it really tugged at the heartstrings because there were some that were like, oh, I used to love this. Oh, I forgot. And then there was one woman who was just like, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I really didn't live up to the, to be the woman that I wanted to be back then and that sort of stuff. And I was just like, oh my goodness, what well, a punch there's in the also, guts, you know? you know what instantly occurs to me, Riley? Go on. Is there's got to be a lot of mentions of parents who have since died in those letters. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it'd be it'd be such a it'd be it'd be such an emotional thing to get, and then this guy was was doing it as a I don't know, as I guess just a gift to the social kids. experiment, or as, as no, or as I like, think it's I think it's really lovely because I don't think you should show. I mean, emotions like pain and sadness and loss is a part of being human, and and all of the like being reminded of of something like that from when you're a kid. I think is because it's so it's so authentic. You know, you can't, we misremember things all the time, Dennis. You know, you, you exaggerate, exaggerate, and I'm talking to you specifically here, um, exaggerate and embellish stories and change them. And yeah, time, and so, like, sometimes, you know, you think 80 times, uh, you think 40 times 5 is 80 instead of 200, you know. People make this, like, <laughs> sometimes your memory mistakes. plays tricks on you, man, you know. But when you get this letter from yourself written all those years ago, you know, you can't deny the truth of there's them. No, because there's no editing written. there, yeah. And it wasn't, it was written by you, you know. So I started doing this with the kids that I taught in primary school. 
and I said, we're going to, uh, it was the thing we did, you know, it was the, it was the end of year activity when it's sort of like, well, it's a bit of a bludge. We're all just kind of mucking around all the, all the serious work's been done and we can just kind of enjoy the last month of school together doing, doing mucking around that sort of stuff. And I said, here's as much paper as you want. Here are the pencils, write whatever you want. If your page is one letter, if you're, if you're sorry, if your letter is one page long, fine. But just think about how you might feel at the age of 28 when you receive this letter and you were given the opportunity to write 10, 20 pages and you wrote one. So just try to think about how you might feel giving a gift to your future self and not doing everything you could to make that gift the best it could be. And these kids, they wrote like you wouldn't believe. And even the ones that didn't want to write, they drew pictures, right? Because they were like, I don't want to know what to write. I'm like, draw a picture of your bedroom, right? Riley, I was about to say, what did they say when you gave them the letters back? And then I did some quick maths in my head and realized that it's impossible for you to have done that yet. (laughs) Oh, wait, no, Dennis, this happened... Seven or eight years ago. Oh no! I need to give them the letters. No, wait. It's fine. I'm, uh, I'm, you know, I'm not quite that bad at maths. But we're going to read sitting the letters. Down, you know, we're going to read the letters on the podcast right now, right? We are. De- I haven't. I haven't even opened them. Obviously, what a horrific all, violation of privacy that would yeah. be. Could you imagine? <laughs> they're all they're all sealed away, and um, they've got like the kids. I got. I gave the kids special stickers, right? And I was like, now remember the sticker that you take, right? So you know, Carla takes a little sticker with a horse on it or whatever. And I say, now remember the sticker you take, because what they used to do in the old days, they'd use a seal, right? And that and they'd put it on a letter, and that was how they could tell if it had been opened or not. So you take this letter, you put, you pay, take the seal, you put it on there, and when I give it to you in twenty years, if the sticker is still there, you'll know that it's never been opened. And um, yeah, all the kids' letters are there, fully sealed, intact, and and in a fireproof box. Uh, wow, to, nice. Yeah, I live in I live in an area that's affected by bushfires, so I put I put a fireproof box to put them in there. And um, the box has oh, "Rescue Me First" written on it on a sticker on the uh, on the front of it. Although that, that would get burnt off, I guess. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna track down these kids and tw- oh, they're not gonna be kids at that age, but I'm gonna track them down when they're 28 years old. I'm gonna I'm gonna send them their letters. How are you gonna track them down? Are their parents' addresses on them or anything? Uh, nope. You have that's to call a few- the school. That's a that is a problem for future Riley. But hey. I, you know, I've got their names, and I'll. Well, you, I'll, you know the school. You could probably get the address from if you really need to. Maybe I don't know if they'd give that out, like with privacy. Laws. If you're like, hello, I'd like to get a bunch of children's addresses. <laughs> now the caveat is they're not children anymore. I know that for a fact. Thank you very much. That's the argument. But it's also the school is a German one, and German data protection is very, very strict. Anyway, look, that's a problem for you, for future Riley. I'm going to find a way to return as many of these letters as I can to these kids, and that'll be like the little uh, little time capsule for them all to enjoy. So. I say enjoy again. It'll probably be a pretty, you know. I think it's mostly sad. So I think it is at best indifferent. Is probably the upper. I mean, I guess it's sweet. I just remember workshopping some ideas with these kids about some of because some of the kids are like, I don't know what to put, and I'm like, all right, here are some things that I wish I could talk to my mm. eight year old self about. What do you want to do? What is it that by, by the time you're Bitcoin. this age? Right? That yeah. <laughs> what is it by the time you're this age that you want to have done? And so a lot of the kids, it was so cute. They were writing stuff like, make sure you never smoke because smoking is disgusting and so bad for you. And if you've smoked at all ever, I'll be so disappointed. Like that sort of stuff. And I think, you know, them opening that letter years later and being like, Ugh, maybe I should cut back on the diaries, like that might be I don't know, man. I'm That's I'm true. I'm I'm pleased I did it. I thought it was a cool idea. Riley, can you can you step up here for a second and place your two hands firmly on these handlebars because I'm going to take in a brief segue. Have you ever smoked? That's very good. I enjoyed that one. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Let's go. Let's go. Have you ever smoked? I've never smoked. I've never smoked anything ever. I've smoked. I don't love it. 
I, mean, I imagine I smoke- that people. I mean, but you know, I don't drink either, right? And whenever I go yeah. to the doctor and they're like, "Do you drink? That's do you the- smoke?" I, they go, "Do you smoke?" I say, "No." I don't think they don't believe that. There are lots of people who don't smoke, and they're like, "Do you drink?" I'm like, "No," and they're like, oh, "Okay." <laughs> Here we go again. <laughs> Here we go. Yeah. Oh no, I don't drink yeah. too much. Like, no, I actually don't drink. But yeah, well, you guys um, are counting beer. No, Ryan doesn't actually actually doesn't drink. Uh, I think the only times I've ever smoked is the times that I've been drinking as well. So I think they probably do that in the hand. So why'd um, you do but it? I, I, I don't know. It is not in the top five stupidest things I've ever done while drunk. And uh, in terms of cigarettes, I smoked. I think I smoked. I, I think I smoked maybe three cigarettes in my entire life. Okay. How were they? So not good. <laughs> Novel. No, I, can't, I can't imagine. But not they are. good. I don't know. I mean, uh, I guess I don't know. I guess there's something in so, it, but like they they stink and they're bad for you. I do think I it's I, I do th- it's it's gone out of vogue. It's not. I don't. I wonder. I wonder how sixteen year olds feel now. I guess you know. I'm well, they're all on their life. bloody vape pins while they're flossing well, yeah, and like, you know. But is it is it because smoking and at my age now, hmm. if I go to a bar and like one of my friends is to go outside to smoke because we have a smoking man here now, and obviously, it's like ugh, it's inconvenient. Yeah, that they have to go outside. Whereas before you were, it was like cool. Hmm. I don't think oh, I, I yeah. don't think it's cool anymore. No, if someone's addicted to cigarettes, I'm like, oh, like it's a, it's definitely like a, ugh, okay, you know, like oh yeah. really you smoke? Oh okay, oh, ugh. I don't know. I, it's uh, it's it, the, the the social stigma has definitely got to the. We are always annoyed me as well. I, I used to work in cafes when I was in university. All the smokers used to just get free ten minute breaks every now and again because they go out and have there a cigarette. Are some co- there are some countries that uh, give you that legislation, have legislation that give you non-smoking employees extra time off or extra pay to compensate yeah. for that. Yeah, it was so annoying that like one of the other ways I'm just going to go outside of a cigarette. It's like, can I go and just sit down for ten minutes and do nothing? No, because read, I don't smoke. Read eight, like, pa- read eight pages of going going postal. Yeah, exactly. Oh, man, it bothered me. Anyway, obviously we're headed in the right direction. Like that. I think. Um, I mean, in Australia, oh, cigarettes are unbelievably expensive in Australia because the, the government just taxes the pants off of them. And I think Same in here. New Zealand they're planning to phase out tobacco sales altogether. It's just in like I think the plan. From what I've read, I'm doing this off the top of my head. I might be wrong. Is that from a certain year, um, uh, people of a certain age just won't be able to buy tobacco, right? So, like, let's say they pick 2030 or 2025, 18 year olds won't be able to buy tobacco, right? And then okay. everyone, but basically, they're going to pick a year that people are born in, and then if you're born in that year or before, and you're just not allowed to buy tobacco. Or that year after, you mean? But well, that year after, sorry, yeah, exactly, yeah. You're just yeah. not allowed to buy tobacco. So people who are already addicted that's can tricky. continue to buy it. That's tricky because you just make it like a criminal thing then, and I don't know if that's better. I don't think it's a criminal thing. I think it's just one of those things that's like you can't do it anymore. It's just like it's not available for purchase. I mean, that's I mean, that's, that's what they did with prohibition. And like that's what's, what, what some places have with like things like marijuana, for example. Like you just have it, it now it's just deregulated and you get black yeah. market cigarettes and that might not be better. But, yeah, but look, but overall, the amount of people smoking in the country yeah, will 100% go down. It's definitely going to go down because you can't get your packet of, you know, Winfield Blues from the local, local um, corner shop or something. So I don't know. I'd definitely support the, I, I'd rather like marijuana were legal than, than I tobacco. do too. It just take, it, it just creates other problems. That's all, that's all I'm yeah. saying. Yeah. Anyway. Still oh, this is this is far too highbrow, Dennis. Let's go back to talking about uh, like silly nonsense because this is this is we, this is almost getting a political podcast. And if, the, well, if there's one thing the world needs, it's two white men starting another political discussing podcast. politics on a podcast. <laughs> Thanks for listening to this week's episode of Have a Listen to This. We do hope you've enjoyed the episode. And hey, if you haven't, doesn't matter. The, the download numbers show up all the same. So whatever, suckers. But if you did enjoy this show, please tell your friends about it. And uh, look, tell people that aren't your friends. Tell acquaintances and even your enemies. Again, the downloads show up all the same. 
Uh, and if you want to support the show, if you really like the show this much, you can uh, support us on Patreon, patreon.com slash have a listen to this. You get access to uh, behind the scenes stuff, early, early access to episodes, all sorts of things. Uh, we are definitely in this for the money, not for the love of the game or anything like that. So head over to Patreon and uh, help us get them rookie numbers up. 